0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Russell Wortham Show. My name is Russell Wortham coming to you live from beautiful, and I mean beautiful, Tucson, Arizona. A stone's throw away from the University of Arizona and in the shadow of the Grand Canyon, folks. We are back and back in the middle of greatness. All right, so... What a week! Uh, We've got uh, all your usual suspects this week. We've got all of your NFL coverage. We've got if the playoffs were to be today in the NBA and the NHL. We've got the long snap. We've got three stories in the long snap. And finally, we end with TLC coming up this weekend On the WWE Network. So much to get through. Before we do that. uh, A bit of housekeeping, if you will. About this particular show. Uh, This is going to be my last regular show of the year. The reason why. And I'm taking basically a month off. um, Month and a half off. The reason why is very simple, uh, to be quite honest. I, I need to recharge the batteries, but also, I just want to spend time with my family. So, this is going to be the last regular show for the year. Now, next week is going to be the final show of the year on Tuesday. It's going to be a very special Uh, Edition of the Russell Wortham Show. It's going to be the Bestie Awards, the 2019 Bestie Awards. Now, if you haven't heard the Bestie Awards, boy, you are in for a treat. (laughs) This is my year-end award show. Now, I I don't do nominees. I don't do any of that. I just tell you who I think the best athletes are, the best uh, games, the best moments, you know, on down the line. So be on the lookout for that next Tuesday. Very special edition, final show of the year before I go on a bit of a hiatus until the end of January. Uh, So there's that. Now, the other piece of... Business of housekeeping business about the show is about the format of the show after I get back from the break. Now, we're going to be done with college football. We're going to be about a week away from the Super Bowl. And so here is how things are going to go from basically the first... Of uh, February on through to August, we're still going to do a show, obviously, because this is well, this is a sports show, and I love doing this show on a weekly basis. But I did some quick math, and well, during football season, and I'm talking about in the NFL, you have 13 or 14 games a week. And so you can pretty much spend a day, maybe a few days, watching everything. You can watch whatever you want, as far as college football is concerned, and it it works. But now that we're getting into basketball season in full. And we're getting into the hockey season in full. We've got baseball coming up in the next, what, three or four months, uh, five months from now. And it's going to get a little dicey. Now, it's not going to be impossible, but I did some math. I'm not good with math, but it was this idea of, well, let's see. 14 games versus between the three leagues of the NBA, the NHL, major league baseball. You've got like 14 games each per day and you times that by seven. I mean, my gosh, that is a lot of games, you know, that you have to keep track of. And that's, for one league, and then you multiply all that by three, and it's like, oh my goodness gracious, that is, that's, that's crazy, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just kind of go through the week, I'm going to just kind of get a broad general sense of what's going on in each of the leagues, if there's a big money matchup, if there is a matchup that I am like, oh my goodness, I want to see this game in full I'll watch it in full, but I I'm not gonna go through two hundred and ten ish games a week. You know, we're we're gonna be here all day. We're gonna be here as long as the members of Congress were <coughs> at uh, their impeachment hearing last night i mean that was what 14 hours yeah no i so it's going to be a broad general show going forward between now and august we will also be more or less more wrestling centric uh between now and then so again this is still going to cover you know the entirety of sports But it's going to be a little bit more um, broad, if you will. Uh, So that's pretty much that going forward. All right. Uh, For you, it's going to be no time at all. For me, I got to do a quick setup as far as uh, getting my notes For the NFL, week 14, if you can believe, is in the books Last night was the start of week 15 So we will get to all the week 14 games And then like I said, if the playoffs started today Then the long snap, and then WWE News I will be right back All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on the Russell Wortham show, and again, like I said, week fourteen in the NFL. It was well, it was, it was a pretty good week. The game of the week, my goodness, and a candidate for game of the year: San Francisco versus New Orleans. Oh my gosh, that was like Madden video game. Last team that scored literally one. It was it was that crazy of a game. Uh, Drew Brees, I, I say this week in week out, Drew Brees is just that good. He absolutely was was amazing. So is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, both of them. We're going back and forth and it was absolutely amazing. Now these two teams now I don't know how the playoff seeding is going to work but if these two teams end up at some point facing each other in the playoffs, yes. <laughs> yes, please. I just I, I can't even say that strongly enough. Those two teams, yeah. I, thank you. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, the fourth and eighteen, no call for holding and pass interference by San Francisco. Uh, it was just, it was just egregious. Uh, I mean, it was just all over. the The San Francisco player was all over the 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 New Orleans uh player uh, towards the end of the game, and this just conjures up bad memories of last year with the, uh, I believe it was the NFC Championship game with New Orleans versus the uh, Los Angeles Rams, and it just, that was a blown call. This was also a blown call. It was it was really bad. But Robbie Gold for the 49ers, he's an angel's wonder. My gosh, he has been in the league like nine billion years i'm being i'm being funny here but he's been in the league nine billion years and i gotta say that he can still kick at a high uh at a high uh, level so robbie gold won that game for the san francisco 49ers all right next up is arizona and pittsburgh Like, I've been here in Tucson. This is my second stint here in Tucson. And the first time was when Arizona went to the Super Bowl with Kurt Warner. Almost, just barely, almost beat Pittsburgh uh, in the Super Bowl. But I cannot for the life of me, and I... uh, I've I've tried to ask uh for clarification. I've heard that well different bars, different restaurants have different licensing that they have to do as far as well you know, you're licensed to root for fill in the blank team. So they root for fill in the blank team. But even beyond that I me mean, even beyond that, I can't even understand why the Pittsburgh uh, contingency is just so big here in Arizona. I, I I can't explain it because it felt like a home game for the Steelers. It was it was pretty jarring. <clears throat> uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, He had, what, four interceptions. It was just bad. It was was a bad game for Kyler Murray. And again, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean this to be disparaging, and I know he's a good quarterback. I know that he won the Heisman Trophy. I'm sure he's going to have a, a great career in the NFL. He's small. He is just physically small, and he looks... I mean, it looks like you just break the poor guy in half, you know? And Kyler Murray has kept Arizona in a lot of games, but that front line for Arizona has to get better. And, and if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I, I I don't know how you coach him up to, to protect Kyler Murray. I, I really don't. You know, he's, uh, he's a running quarterback, you know, that's his thing is he, he pulls the ball down more times than not. And that's what scares me. I'm not saying you have to try to, uh, I don't want to say force, but, you know, try to, you know, get them to be simply a pocket quarterback, but you have to protect this guy because if he is the future of your franchise, you have to look after him. And that front line is not helping Kyler Murray at all. Even when he's in shotgun, they're not giving him enough time to do anything. It's It's pretty scary seeing some of the tackles he's had this year. Uh next uh, game that I watched was Dallas versus Chicago. Dude, Chicago's helmets were freaking awesome. I know that's kind of a weird uh uh game note, but I just I I I'm a sucker for, for symbolism, I'm a sucker for um uh, helmet meanings and, and history and all that and yeah, so they're they're striped helmets. Yeah those 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 were those were alright by me The trendy Streak continues so you had this week as you've had the last thirteen weeks you've had at least one week of a fumble, an interception, and a missed kick. So go go figure. Uh, It's been kind of a bad year uh, for offenses. Uh, Who exactly will be fired for Dallas? You know, people say, well, it's Jason Garrett because he's the head coach. I haven't heard this, but some might say, no, no, no. That would be Kellen Moore because he's the offensive coordinator and... Defenses have figured out Dallas's offense. So I'm thinking to myself, well, unfortunately, it's the head coach that usually has to go. Now, can, can uh Dallas win their division? Absolutely. They're in a bad division. I mean the Giants are bad. The Redskins are bad. And so it's basically the Eagles and the Cowboys uh, playing, uh, I can't remember if it was this week, this upcoming week, or uh, if it's uh, a couple of uh, weeks from now, but they're they're going to be playing essentially for the NMC East Championship. And I... I, I I see flashes of greatness for Dallas, but I don't see them actually beating Philadelphia right now because Philadelphia, they're good. They're really, really good. And uh, Mitch Trubisky is actually a really good quarterback. He got the ball up and down the field for Chicago. Chicago. I know people like to rip on him, but he's actually settled down and he's been a, a pretty good quarterback for the Bears this year. Uh next game that I watched was Atlanta and uh Carolina. Matt Ryan is the second youngest uh player. To 50,000 yards passing in his career. Think about that. He's the second youngest ever to do it. Behind Drew Brees. He's good for 10th all time. He's about 500 uh, away from John Elway. So let me see if I can pull this up. So... This is your top ten passing leaders all time in uh, the NFL. so, number ten, Matt Ryan, like I said, he's got just over uh fifty thousand he's got over fifty thousand yards. And John Elway, Ben Roethlisberger is at 8, Eli Manning at 7, Philip Rivers at 6, Dan Marino is at 5, Brett Favre at 4, Peyton Manning at 3, Tom Brady at 2, and Drew Brees, your number one passer as far as yardage all time. So Matt Ryan right now is basically 200 yards away from John Elway. I mean, think about that. My goodness, he is in just spitting distance this season of being in the ninth slot. Now, can he reach Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, I mean, that's about another. Or no, I I apologize. I I misread. Uh, so. Um, he's actually got about 1200 yards, um, to go to, to, um, get, uh, to, um, John Elway. Um, so, mm, uh, I mean, uh, he, he very easily could reach that mark probably next year. Uh, if if he keeps healthy, so I, I I wouldn't put it past him to to reach that mark next year. Can he reach Ben Roethlisberger? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't know. Um, but he would certainly be safely ninth, which is is pretty crazy. And right behind Matt Ryan is. Is Warren Moon. So I mean, that's that's a pretty good sandwich to be a part of. All right, uh, coup for Atlanta is a heck of a kicker. Atlanta's defense still isn't good, but they have gotten better. Uh, next game that I watched was Cleveland and Cincinnati. This was not a super great game. But I got to say, Cleveland's end zone uh, markings, they remind me of Brock's candy. It it drives me crazy because I see their end zones and I'm like, oh my gosh, I want Brock's, man. It's Yeah, it's pretty crazy how that works. Maybe I was wrong about Andy Dalton. He had a good game, not a great game. Baker Mayfield, hey, he's got Cleveland kind of humming. I'm not saying that Cleveland will make the playoffs this year, but they're moving in the right direction. You know, they're moving in that right direction, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Indianapolis, Tampa. Jameis Winston is just a turnover machine. He he throws more picks than I care to count. And Terry is out with an injury, but the Bucks just kept chipping away at the lead, and they actually came from behind to beat Indianapolis. So that was that was a heck of a win for Tampa. The game of the day, or, well, the game of the day in terms of controversy, was New England and Kansas City. Now, I had heard about the game, but I thought, okay, well, are you just saying these things for a fact, or... No, no. Everything you've heard about this particular game, it, yeah, um... Brady is just done. I've said that since week one. Tom Brady is done. He can't get out of the pocket fast enough. When he does get out of the pocket, he either underthrows or overthrows his receivers. He throws the ball away way too many times. His go-to with Edelman is just, I mean, that's even hit and miss. Tom Tom Brady is statistically speaking championship speaking, he is the greatest quarterback of all time. But he's done. Age forty-two, he's just done. I don't see how he can keep in the NFL if if he's just gonna get hammered on a on a near weekly basis. Uh, it's just rather sad to to watch because he's been so great for so long. For basically 20 years, he's been just great. And now it's kind of like, eh. You know, and it's, it's just really sad to see. Uh, New England's defense keeps them in games. That's something that may help them... In the playoffs, look, they're 10-3 right now. I still think that they'll win out. I still think they'll be the number two seed. But, boy, they've got to start hitting it off on on offense. Now, the two calls that people were talking about, no passing interference call against Kansas City, and the... Touchdown that they took away So let's take the first one The no pass interference call the guy was all over him I mean just absolutely He was mugging the guy And they're like oh whatever We're not going to you know, call it I'm like That was pass interference I mean and, and You Juxtaposition The missed pass interference Call with some of the past uh, interference calls that were in other games, they barely touched these guys, and they're like, "Oh, yep, 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 that's that's clearly past interference." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? That's not past interference. That's just insane." And the the touchdown that was taken away guy for uh New England was clearly in bounds. He was <clears throat> diving over the pylon. The ball was, you know, it broke, it clearly, I mean, it was way over the line. It, so, I, I don't know what they were, uh, maybe they thought that he, you know, that his knee was down, but you know, looked at it, and, I mean, no, it was it was a clear touchdown, so that would have tied up the game, I don't know what would have happened after that, but that would have tied up the game, I, I just, I was really upset, as a fan, again, not tipping my hat, who I root for, and don't root for publicly, but just as a fan, I was I was upset. I'm like, are you kidding? I mean, if you're clearly in and here's the problem. <clears throat> it's not like you know, they're not able to use replay. They are. So, you're using video replay and you still get the call wrong. I I just I don't I don't get it. I do not get it. Uh, next up, Tennessee in Oakland. Uh, changing cleats doesn't surprise me. They now I I, I can't remember which cleats they uh, had to, to uh, change to, but uh, one with more more grip because, and I've said this for weeks now. That field in Oakland. Now I know that turf on its own is cut pretty short. I. I get that, but the turf in Oakland is so awful. Oh my gosh, it is so bad. It's it looks like green spray painted concrete. It's it's just awful. There's no depth when you go up close, uh, because other other fields that have you know the 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 natural turf. You know, yes, again, it's cut very short and whatever, but there's still some depth to it. You can see that there's, you know, some substance to it. Whereas Oakland's field is just, it's just a wreck. I, I, I I don't understand it. I honestly goodness don't understand it. Uh... But Tennessee, with Ryan Tannehill, is quiet. Is quietly eight and five. Um, when they were uh, going through the, the early part of the season, and you remember how I was saying, "My gosh, this is a boring team. This is just boring to watch them." They're quietly eight and five, and so they're right in the thick of. The discussion for the playoffs. Uh, Denver and Houston. Uh, Houston is like Forrest Gump. You never know what you're going to get. Because they can run the Patriots out of the building. And then they turn around and they lose to Denver. Only weeks later. I... And then, you know the the matchup that everybody was looking forward to with Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson, and that turned out to be a big bust for Houston. Uh, so you never know what you are going to get with that team. And I'm, I am, I'm I, I am not saying that they can't win the playoffs, but I am scared if I am a fan of theirs. I'd be scared thinking, oh my gosh, uh, which team is going to show up from week to week in the playoffs? Um, yeah, uh, the slot guy, that's the quarterback for Denver, looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, he he's he's a star. <laughs> he is he is a star. I really think he's good, and so, yeah, anyway, Baltimore uh, versus Bal- uh, versus Buffalo, um, Baltimore did win, and Lamar Jackson, as pretty usual, did Lamar Jackson things, but it really wasn't a pretty game and a pretty win for Baltimore, I think people are starting to figure out, you got to try to bottle up Lamar Jackson it's easier said than done but that was a very close game and now Baltimore is going to have to start beating some good teams you know and especially when you get into the playoffs you're going to have to beat the patriots you're going to have to beat the chiefs you're going to have to beat uh Assuming that, uh, you know, uh, assuming that Houston and Tennessee get in, I mean, you're going to have to beat some really good teams going forward Buffalo. You're going to have to beat them at some point. So, yeah. Miami and the New York Jets. My only note for it, meh. Uh, Seattle versus the you know, Los Angeles Rams. Rams are also eight and five. They are, you know, they're quietly getting back into the race, you know, if you will. Um. Again, this is a bit of a quirk of mine. I love seeing the various stadiums, how they're all configured and all that. The Los Angeles Coliseum at night is just awesome with the torch and it's lighted up. And it's just, it's, it's really cool. I, it's one of the greatest atmospheres, both in college football and in the NFL. It's really amazing. Uh, Russell Wilson was bottled up all night, and again, like I said, the rams are quietly eight and five, so see what happens last few weeks of the season uh the uh, Washington Redskins Green bay packers it was just weird that we're in December, and there's no snow up in Green bay. it's just weird i Yeah, it's just weird to me. Baron Rodgers looked amazing. Uh, Wasn't the greatest game for the Packers, but they didn't have to be great. Uh, The Giants and Philadelphia, like I said, Philadelphia won that game. They won that game. Uh, Eli Manning... Started his first game in what seems like forever. He actually looked pretty good, but that Scott fella for Philadelphia, uh, the guy, the guy's amazing. I mean, he's he's small, he's quick, he's elusive. Uh, I mean, it's it's amazing what this Scott fella for Philadelphia did. Uh Detroit and Minnesota cousins to digs all day long. It was, it was pretty impressive to see just how much Minnesota just ran over Detroit. Uh and finally, uh to cap off the NFL portion of the show. The Los Angeles Chargers versus Jacksonville. Again, I am not trying to disparage the Con family. I am not trying to disparage um, what they do with their money or how they spend their money or any of that. But they've been in the NFL. The Jacksonville Jaguars have been in the NFL for 25 years now, since 1994. They came in with the Carolina Panthers. And Jacksonville, outside of their run that they made a few years back to the AFC Championship game, the Jags just have done virtually nothing. Their stands are just perpetually empty. The games in that area, the southern Georgia, northern Florida, uh, Jacksonville, Tallahassee area, are all blocked out. And so it just feels like, okay, what are you going to do? And again, I'm not trying to disparage the Khan family. I'm saying if you're not going to spend money on your team, if you're not going to spend the money to make your team better, then you need to sell the team. Or, you need to take the NFL up on their offer to relocate to London. Okay? you There is proof of concept. You can fill... Wembley on a weekly basis. You can fill some of the other um soccer or as they call it football uh stadiums on a weekly basis because of tourists and if there are fans that are Jacksonville fans, just either sell the team. Well, you've got three options. You sell the team, you actually spend money, or you take the NFL up on their offer and you relocate to London. Those are your three options. And again, I, I am saying this for the umpteenth time. I am not trying to disparage the Khan family, how they spend their money, whatever. I'm simply saying, You're 25 years in the league, and you've done virtually nothing in that 25 years. That's not good. Right. Well, uh, that is your NFL for this week. So, give me just a moment. I'll be back, and we will go through the playoff scenarios if they were to happen today in a moment. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back and this is your weekly If the playoffs were to be held today, standings First off, in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference, your top four seeds would be the Milwaukee Bucks, 22-3 and They've been world beaters this year Two would be the Miami Heat Your number three seed would be the Philadelphia 76ers. And your number four seed in the East is the Boston Celtics. They've overtaken the Raptors. The team that's at the bottom of the pile in the Eastern Conference of the NBA, the New York Knicks, 5-20. and All right, moving out here in the West, Los Angeles Lakers... Again, world beaters, 22-3 and so far. Number two, their building mates, if you will, the Los Angeles Clippers. The third seed would be the Dallas Mavericks and rounding off your final four seeds or your top four seeds, I should say, the uh, Houston Rockets. And bringing up the rear... Again, and I can't believe I'm saying this. I mean, I'm looking at the record and I cannot believe I'm saying this. The Golden State Warriors are 5-21. and 21. Uh, I'm just gobsmacked about that one. All right. Next up the NHL standings and gonna pull that up here hopefully don't you just love technology <laughs> it works great when when uh, when it does when uh, when it doesn't it's like Ah, really? So, all right. You feel like playing the Jeopardy theme. Okay, so your top four seeds. In the, so your top four seeds in uh, the NHL Eastern Conference, you've got Washington. At uh, 23 5 and 5, you've got uh, Boston number 2, the New York Islanders are 3, and Carolina will be your fourth seed. And bringing up the rear in the Eastern Conference is Detroit. All right, and out here in the West. Western uh conference you've got the Saint Louis uh Blues. You've got uh the uh the Avalanche, you've got the Jets, yeah, the Whalers. So, let's see. Yeah, so you've got the uh, St. Louis Blues 1, Colorado 2, Arizona 3, and Winnipeg is 4, bringing up the rear in the Western Conference, the uh, Los Angeles Kings. All right. Sorry, bit of a rough segment. Like I said, gotta love technology. I will be back, and we will get on with the long snap. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And this is the long snap. It's the stories and sports that I wanted to cover more in long form. That happened uh, throughout the week. I've got two from the world of football. And then, I know, I know, I promised a long time ago I was not going to get back into the realm of politics. But, yeah. Uh, So, anyway. So, I'm going to start off with the bowl schedule now. I'm not going to, you know... Uh, I'm not going to analyze every single game, but I am going to tell you each game uh, and which uh, days are on, just in case you need to know. So, starting off December 20th is the Bahamas Bowl, it's Buffalo versus Charlotte. Also that day is the uh, Frisco Bowl, Utah State versus Kent State. All right. Then, next up on the 21st, the Celebration Bowl Alcorn State versus North Carolina A and T, the New Mexico Bowl, Central uh, Michigan versus San Diego State, the Mortgage Cure Bowl uh, will be Liberty versus Georgia Southern. The Boca Raton Bowl is SMU, they had a heck of a year. Uh starting off strong and kinda of petered Off at the end, but they had a heck of a year uh saying in the top twenty-five they'll be playing Florida Atlantic. The uh Camellia uh bowl Florida International versus Arkansas State. The Las Vegas Bowl, Boise State versus Washington. This will be interesting because this will be Chris Peterson's last game as the head coach of Washington. So, how's that to end your college uh, coaching career? A face team that you pretty much took to prominence in Boise State. You've got the New Orleans Bowl, Appalachian State, and again another great team against UAB. You got the Gasparilla Bowl. UCF versus Marshall. Moving on to Christmas Eve. It's the Hawaii Bowl. It's Hawaii versus BYU. This is a throwback game. Because they were in the Western Athletic Conference for 9 zillion years growing up. They were briefly in the Mountain West together. Uh, And uh, of course, BYU is an independent. Hawaii is in the Mountain West. So that will be one heck of a game. Okay, the day after Christmas, you've got a ton of bowl games, looks like. You've got the Independence Bowl, Louisiana Tech versus Miami, the Quick Lane Bowl, Pittsburgh versus Eastern Michigan, the Military Bowl. North Carolina, again, good season this year. Almost, almost beat Clemson this year versus Temple. The Pinstripe Bowl, Michigan State versus Wake Forest. The all out- Doors Texas Bowl. It's Oklahoma State versus Texas A&M. The Holiday Bowl. Always a great bowl to watch. You've got USC versus Iowa. The Cheez-It Bowl is Air Force versus Washington State. Now moving on to December 28th's games. You've got the Camping World Bowl, Notre Dame and Iowa State. That should be a heck of a game. Now, Notre Dame was slotted as recently as a couple weeks ago. They were slotted to go into the Cotton Bowl. So I I don't know what really happened with that, but Yeah. They were they were going to the Cotton Bowl and then last second, nope, sorry or we're sending you down to Orlando. The Cotton Bowl is going to be actually a pretty good game. It's going to be Penn State versus Memphis. Then uh, the uh, first uh, playoff semifinal is going to be in the Peach Bowl. the chick play... Peach Bowl, it's going to be LSU and Oklahoma. That will be one heck of a game. Then coming up, December 30th, you've got the Serve Pro First Responders Bowl. Now, if you remember last year, it was rained out. So it's like the tagline says for Serve Pro, it's like the game never even happened. (laughs) It It was crazy to watch that game last year. But it's going to be Western Kentucky versus Western Michigan. You've got the Music City Bowl. of Mississippi State versus Louisville. The Red Box Bowl, California versus Illinois. The Capital One Bowl. uh, Capital One Orange Bowl, I should say. Florida, Virginia. That will be a heck of a game. Really will. All right. New Year's Eve, you've got the Belk Bowl. Virginia Tech versus Kentucky. The Sun Bowl is Florida State. They've had an up and down season. They fired Willie Taggart, but they uh, ended 6-6, I believe. They're going up against Arizona State. The Liberty Bowl, Navy versus Kansas State. The Arizona Bowl is going to be Wyoming versus Georgia State. And that's going to be right here, right down the road from me at the University of Arizona. That's that's going to be pretty cool to have a bowl game right down the road from me. Uh, The Valero-Almo Bowl, Texas versus Utah. Utah was slotted. They were number five. But then they just got ran over by uh, Oregon in the Pac-12 Championship, and so yeah, they they drop. But they're playing Texas in the Alamo Bowl. That should be a heck of a matchup. Now New Year New Year's Day, you've got the Citrus Bowl. Michigan, Alabama, oh my gosh, yes, yes please, you've got two big bloods, blue bloods going at it, yes please, the Outback Bowl, Minnesota, Auburn, again, that is a heck of a game, the Rose Bowl, Oregon, Wisconsin, that will be incredible. And the Sugar Bowl, Georgia, and Baylor. Again, both those teams had outside chances of getting into the playoffs, and they just couldn't do it. January 2nd, this is the Birmingham Bowl. It's uh, Boston College versus Cincinnati. And the Gator Bowl... Indiana versus Tennessee. Coming up then on January 3rd is the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. It's going to be Ohio versus Nevada. January 4th is the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. and then you've got the lending tree bowl on uh January 6th uh looking oh and then the uh college football playoff semifinal also on the 28th of uh December it's going to be number 2 Ohio State versus number 3 Clemson again yes please all right that's story number 1 Story number two is just a really, it's just an icky story uh, when it comes to uh, some of these football players. I I don't know if you've heard this story, but uh, this came just across last night. Clinton Portis is among 12 retired NFL players that are accused of uh, scamming health insurance uh, people uh, worth uh, over $3 million. So this is from CNN. I'm just going to read uh, part of the story. So uh, former NFL stars Clinton Portis and Joe Horn are among 12 retired players accused of defrauding the league's retiree health care benefits plan for more than $3 million, according to federal prosecutors. Ten retired NFL players were charged in two indictments uh, for allegedly submitting phony health care claims seeking to be reimbursed for expensive medical equipment that was never purchased Prosecutors said in a press release the uh, Department of Justice said the plans uh, to file charges against two other retired players. Uh, so the um, players uh, include, of course, Clinton uh, Portis, Robert McCoon, who uh, played with Washington. John Eubanks, who played also with Washington. Uh, Tamaric Vanover played with the Chiefs. C.C. Brown, who played with uh, Houston. James Butler uh, played for the St. Louis Rams and the New York Giants. Frederick Bennett, uh, who played for Houston. Eric, um, or it's me. Uh, uh, Edric Pruitt uh, played for the Falcons and the Seahawks. Carlos Rogers played for Washington and San Francisco, and Cornell uh, Buck Halter, who played for the Philadelphia Eagles. I, this is just the craziest story. I don't know if you've seen this, but the Players were saying that they used electromagnetic uh, equipment, they used MRI machines. It's it's just it's just the dangdest thing. I I can't even believe that. Uh, finally in the long step, now I promised I promised a long time ago. I was going to get away from uh, politics because it's just too divisive. And it's just, yeah, it's just too divisive. And I just want to have fun on this show. But ah, here we go. And it is because of the fact that Donald Trump became only the fourth person to have impeachment recommended for them uh, in our nation's history he went after Greta Thunberg for uh, her being Times Person of the Year the other day he went after her and said and I'm, I'm paraphrasing okay I'm paraphrasing but he said essentially Greta needs to go to anger management Classes. She needs to chill. She needs to. She needs to chill. Uh, like, hey, I should be the the time person of the year. And I'm like, Roy, really? what have you done? <laughs> what have you done to get that cover? I please enlighten me. But, do me. But there is that now. <clears throat> the other thing uh, that I thought that was really just disturbing is, and this isn't a parody, okay? This is Donald Trump's actual campaign that tweeted out, remember the Rocky picture where his face was superimposed over uh, Rocky, Sylvester Stallone? Okay, well, that was kind of fun, was kind of charming in some weird way but but then <sighs> earlier in the week they did a gif of trump like he was thanos from the avengers snapping the democrats out of existence just dusting the democrats I'm like oh, real classy so you're comparing Donald Trump to. And, and willfully, <laughs> willfully. Comparing Donald Trump to a mass murderer. Great. That's wonderful. Oh, oh, and then finally. Oh, Donald Trump got the Time magazine cover all right, but his face was superimposed over Greta's body. And it was like, are you that, are you that vain? Are you that insecure? Good Lord. I, again, I I promised I I wouldn't get into politics, but now that Donald Trump is bound to be only the fourth president to be impeached, I I kind of felt like I needed to to share my, my thoughts on it. And just, it was just disturbing, the the whole thing with Trump. Anyway, one last segment. It's going to go by pretty quickly. Uh, It's going to be talking about tables, ladders, and chairs. We're going to talk about the situation with John Morrison coming back to WWE. I will be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back for one final segment. Again, very quickly, this is going through TLC that's coming up on this Sunday, WWE Network. It's going to be, well, looks like a pretty decent uh, card. Before we get into that, uh, some quick thoughts about John Morrison coming back after an eight-year absence to WWE. Hey, the guy is 40, but... If he's like a j styles a j styles has just been killing it, and he looks well phenomenal, <laughs> you know, so uh age doesn't really matter anymore when it comes to wrestling because you know they they can rest up more uh sometimes they can have limited schedules, some people don't have to do. House shows Just you know Either Raw, Smackdown uh, NXT And then you know The the pay per views So there's There's ways to To kind of work around uh, Things for You know for each uh, Wrestler you know anymore I haven't seen John Morrison Really in 8 years I've seen clips here and there the one thing I'm really excited to see is Starship Pain. Good Lord, that is a gorgeous finishing move. I, I don't say that about any other move. But John Morrison's Starship Pain is gorgeous. Just Google that darn thing. Look it up on YouTube. It's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's breathtaking. I, I can't say enough good about that finishing move of his. So there's that. All right. Very quickly going through the matches Roman Reigns versus Baron Corbin, King Corbin, and tables, ladders, and chairs match. This feud needs to go bye bye. It's, yeah. Um, The New Day Biggie and Kofi Kingston, the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions against the Revival in a ladders match. That is going to be epic. And I hope that the revival, again, strictly, strictly as a fan, okay, strictly as a fan of wrestling, I hope that the revival wins. Look, I love the New Day, but they've won the championship seven times now. The revival, they've been completely under you know underutilized in WWE I think they they you know they deserve this win more than the new day that's just me uh Bray Wyatt uh versus uh the Miz don't know if it's going to be Bray Wyatt or if it's going to be the F- it's me the uh, the fiend don't know um Alistair Black versus Buddy Murphy. That's going to be a heck of a match because they've got some good chemistry. The Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Sane versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in a TLC match for the Women's Tag Team Championships. That's going to be awesome. Uh, Rusev. Finally meeting up with Bobby Lashley. In a tables match. And last match is going to be the Viking Raiders. Versus a tag team to be determined for the Raw Tag Team Championships. So that is TLC. Alright. Again. Uh, thank you very much for being here this whole year. Thank you for of your great feedback. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I post the show on all three platforms. And so, thank you for that. Now, very, very quickly, again, next week, next Tuesday, will be the final show of the year. It will be the 2019 Bestie Awards. And then I will be off until the Friday before... The Royal Rumble, and I get goosebumps every time I hear this phrase. I say this phrase. We will finally be on the road to WrestleMania. Wow. So, again, happy New Year, happy Hanukkah, happy New Year, happy holidays. I uh, hope you all have a, a good year. Coming up in 2020. Uh, So, that is my last regular show for the year. I will see you back on Tuesday for the last show of the year. And uh, we will go from there. But, just like the Beatles saying all those many years ago, love is all you need. I will see you guys next week.